nice, like, cosy little group tonight. Um, I'm Rebecca. I'm a nursing student at the Waterfront Campus. Um, welcome to our Connect Night tonight. Um, as most of you know, we're at Geelong Christian Union. We're a Christian club here at uni. We meet together. Thank you all for coming. Um, and so, first of all, I'm just going to pray to start the night. So, if you'd like to join with me, let's pray. Dear God, thank you that we can all be here tonight. Thank you for those who have come. Um, please be with those that can't be here tonight. Uh, we just pray that you will uh, be with Dave as he brings the talk uh, to us tonight. You'll help us to have some good questions um, and that you'll help us to understand the bit of Bible that we're going to read. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 To invite Asher to come on up and he's going to read the Bible for us. Um, so hopefully you all received a little Connect card has the Bible verse in there, um, or there's Bibles on your table, read along on your phone. That would be great. And then we'll have Dave come up. Okay, um, today's passage is Psalm 103, a Psalm of David. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your, your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works his righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our nicotines. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and is gone, and, he and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Sorry. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Okay, good evening, everyone. Hello. Hi, One person. Come on, guys. Good evening, everyone. Yay. Okay, great. Hello. Um, you need to have um, one of those handout sheets if you haven't got one of those yet. So pull one of those out if you haven't got one. If you like one, put your hand up or a Bible. We've got a Bible here. I'm on page 418. Yeah, great. But look it up. There's three on that table. There's two on that table. There's another one. We can give him one over to you guys. Yeah, you got a couple. So I'm on 418. You can look that one up. Okay, we're on Psalm 103. We're going through this series in the Psalms. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying this uh, lovely poetry. Uh, if you ever did English at school, it, like as in the English subject, that is not 
Did you do English at school? I was English. Yeah, good. <laughs> Grammar and all that kind of stuff. But poetry, you know, poetry. You might, you might be a better lover if you did some poetry, mate. You know? Ow. Yeah, I reckon, hey. No. No, you're a lovely person. Oh, right. I love you. You too. Cool. Psalm 103. Okay, let's start with this, uh, this, this, this thought. How great for you, grateful are you in life? What's your grateful meter like in your life? How thankful are you? Um, would people describe you... What were the, like, the, the people that are close to you, that is, how would they describe you? Would they describe you as a complaining person or a grateful person? You know, we, we live in Australia. It's a beautiful place in Australia. Okay, we've got beautiful things, right? We've got, we can do road trips around, across uh, Australia, across the Australian landscape. We've got infrastructure. That's pretty amazing. Okay, Australia, that's, that's something to be very, very thankful for, very impressive. Uh, we have free medical... Uh, and hospital treatment in Australia. That's, that's something to be thankful for, isn't it? Like, what other country does that? No? England, okay, yeah, okay, right. One other country, right? America, not, right? No, they got, got trashed as soon as Rob, uh, Donald Trump got in. So, Australia, free, free medical treatment, all that sort of stuff. It, well, it's not a free place, but I'm sure you, you'd probably get something there, maybe, if you went there and tried. We got... Free, not free, but running water coming out of our tap that's like clean and fresh and safe to drink. We've got fresh food, we grow our own food. Um, we have incomes, average income in our households, uh, as high as, as they ever have been in history in Australia. Um, yeah, we just live in a great government, we have a great government, a democratic society. It's stable, it's safe, we don't fight with each other, there's no war in our country. That's pretty cool, isn't it? But there are things that we can complain about, don't we? There's things that people complain about in our country. For example, there's people who are disadvantaged, people who are homeless, people in our indigenous community that are doing it tough, and we could be doing better. People are complaining about the system out there. Um, having affordable housing. You know, you guys, maybe you guys are complaining, will I ever buy a house? Will I ever have a property? Will, can I, will I have the money? Is it affordable? You know, people are just ruining our beautiful environment. You know, we're not doing anything about it. Climate change, is that a thing? Yeah, it probably is. But we're not doing anything about it in Australia. What's going on? Um, here's another one. MBN. Is that a thing? No. no. We're complaining. Like, what's not... It's, Sarah, you just got MBN, didn't you? No, but I don't want it. Okay, right. Yeah. It's like, is it a thing? Yeah, it's finally getting wrong. I don't think I even have it in my street, right? No. Where is it? Okay, and, then, and maybe the ASL, your house... Why well, so it's terrible, right? We complain about internet, the speed of internet. Is your internet slow? Maybe not you guys, because you're English, but as in you live on res. But for others, like me, it's like it's rubbish. We've got a lot to be thankful for, but we do have a tendency to complain. We like complaining. We're ungrateful a lot of the time. And uh, for things that we'd rather have or things that could be improved or could be better. But what kind of person are you? What kind of person are you? Are you a person that is thankful or more of a person that is unthankful? And so our final psalm today, from, from the Bible today, in Psalm 103, this series we've been doing, uh, and this, 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 this psalm is written by David, as it says at the beginning of David in this psalm. He's a king, right? He's that, that, that great king of Israel, the, the man who, has a, who had it all. Uh, he had insane amount of power insane amount of influence over a country. Um, he just had everything, right? But 
He had heaps of worries. He had heaps of troubles. He was concerned. Always looking over his shoulder, okay, to that, that person that was going to come and take him over, over his spot as a king, as a leader of his country. And so David, he probably had a lot to complain about. People after him. People after his money. But you see here in this psalm, he had a lot to be thankful for. A lot to be thankful for in God, as you probably have noticed here. And uh, perhaps this psalm today, as you read this today, and we do, we'll do it together, um, it might help us to realign ourselves, recalibrate our thinking <coughs> on what does it look like to be people who are thankful to God? What is that? What, what is that going to look like? How is that going to happen for us? Why should we do that? And so I want to I suggest, I want to highlight today that we shouldn't just be thankful, but we should actually live out our thankfulness to God for the things he's done in our lives. We shouldn't just be thankful. We actually should live out our thankfulness to God. We should actually live it out because he's done heaps of good things in our life. Let's look at Psalm 103. Okay, let's start with the first part here. Firstly, we've got to establish first who is the or what is the object of our thankfulness. And it's God, right? This is what, this is what the psalm is establishing here. It's God who is the object of David's thankfulness to him because he is personal. God is a personal God. This is what we learn in the first five verses of this psalm. Um, I don't know if you heard this thing. I've never heard this thing called positive thinking. Ever heard of that before? Or, or living in thankfulness? Has anyone heard of that, that kind of thing? What is it? Does anyone know what it is? Do you know what it is, Beck? Just like choosing to be thankful, what you have, yeah. what you do, and how your outlook is. Yeah, your outlook in life is always positive, looking up. Like, is that is hashtag blessed? Is that a, is that a positive? Is that a thing? Is that a, living positive? That's pretty daggy, right? Pretty old, pretty daggy kind of thing. So, because you want to be thankful, because you think it's going to lead to success. You think it's going to lead to being more content in life. That's why you want to be thankful. You want to blot out all the negative stuff. You want to be positive. You want to be thankful in life. And uh, people swear by it. People swear by it. Business people swear by it. Successful people swear by the positive energy, the positive thinking. It's a massive paradigm. But you know what? It's not really new. It's not, it's not a new thing. It's been around for centuries, for ages. It's called karma. It's called superstitious thinking. That's what it is. Except we've just redressed it and called it positive thinking. Hashtag blessed living in thankfulness. That's what we call it today. And so the principle is, if you believe enough positivity in your life, if you really throw yourself in and say, yeah, positive thinking is going to really improve my life. I'm going to be super thankful. I'm going to be happy with things I've got now. Well, perhaps I will progress. I, it will get better. Things will get great. But what happens when those things don't deliver? What happens when things don't come out the way that are expected, that you would, you would hopefully expect that they would come? Because positive thinking and living in thankfulness, they're not necessarily bad things, right? But they can be subjective, personalised. And so we want to be sure, I think, that the thing that we're thankful towards, the object of our thankfulness, it's got to be for sure proof, 100% foolproof that it's going to deliver. And so for David, it was the Lord in his psalm. 
the Lord who has personally worked in his life. Open it up with me. I'm going to read the first two verses, which says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David praises God not only once in these two verses, but twice. Okay, what's, what's that telling you about poetry? If it's done two times in a row, the same thing, the theme. What we, is that, that's a technique. Does anyone know what that technique's called? In poetry? Shout it out if you know. Repetitiveness? Huh? Repetitiveness. Repetitiveness, yeah, thank you, Lydia. Or em- emphaticness? Is that an em- emphasis? Okay, it said it twice, right? Now, he doesn't just do it at the start, but if you go to the end of the end of the psalm, he does it four more times. Do you see that? So from verses 20 to 22, there's four more praise the Lord's. So two at the start, four at the end, six times. What's it telling you about the theme of the psalm? Lots of reasons to to be thankful to God. He's got heaps of reasons, at least six, right? But that's the theme, it's poetry, right? Six things, six times he says, praise the Lord. That's got to tell you something, okay? And that sets the tone. And again here, you might notice that it's capital Lord, L-O-R-D, which means what? What does it mean? We talked about this a few weeks ago. L-O-R-D means what? Asher? Capital L-O-R-D, you know? No? It's okay. Anyone else? Is it a personal relationship? A personal, yeah. It's the the personal name of God, Yahweh. Okay, so it's the name you use if you know God personally. It's like the nickname or the the personal kind of pet name you have for someone. So I think we shared a few the other week. What's, does anyone want to share their one? Who has a pet name for someone? Or you have a pet name personally? Dan, you have a pet name? Don't, you know, one. Your parents don't call you a funny name. Or you, no. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel gets called. Can I share you one? No, sorry. Okay, right. <laughs> anyone else? Sarah, do you have a pet name? Um, I get Sarah Bear. Sarah Bear. Okay, I don't know what that means, but that's, that's nice, isn't it? Sarah Bear. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Becky, you had one, did you, the other week? No? Well, yeah, you don't want to share? No, no, no. You want to share? <laughs> Megan, do you have one? Kev, do you have one? I have a friend that nah. Danger Hugs. Oh, Danger yeah. Hugs. Oh, that's <laughs> weird. Yeah, right? I don't know what that means, but that's nice. That's someone... So, I, I can't use that, but... No. The person that Kev, do you have one? Kev. Kev. Special, special K. Special, special K. Yeah, good on you, mate. Okay, so personal names are important. And David used the name of God, Yahweh. Only because he personally knows God. That's why. And so in these two verses, how is this, how is this thanksgiving expressed to God? How is it being, how is he expressing it? Well, it says here, through his soul, right? Through his inmost being. He's praising his name. Okay, David's saying he wants his whole life to be praising God. Everything about his existence, physically, emotionally, mentally, everything. He's, he's praising God with his whole life. Now, that sounds a bit extreme, doesn't it? Everything about his whole life. Everything. Um, But what do we learn about what does God do personally here to David in these first five verses? Have a look with me. Okay? Verses 3 to 5. He says here that it's basically talking about how God is personally working his life. Verse 3. David's... He's been forgiven by God. He's been forgiven of all his sins. Verse 4, he's been redeemed from the pit. 
Okay, the pit being a place that is very, very dark. It's very, very treacherous. Um, verse 4 continues, he's been crowned with love and compassion. Verse 5, he's been satisfied, his desire's been satisfied with good things so that his youth is renewed like an eagle. So this is God personally working in his life. Now, Dave, he's, he's made some serious mistakes in verse 3, right? He's, he's, he's mistreated God, he's rejected him, and uh, it's enough to be separated from God. But in David's humility, he approaches God and asks for forgiveness in verse 3, and God forgives him. So he's thankful for that. And uh, just like uh, any disease, you want to be healed of that, and the disease for trespassing or rejecting God is death, and he's been healed of that. That's great. But God doesn't just restore him, okay? He's actually glorified because he's been crowned in verse 4. He's been crowned with, with a crown of love and compassion. That's, that's a pretty, like, strange idea, right? But David's been adopted into God's kingdom as a privileged family member. That's what it's trying to tell us. So it's, it's fitting for royalty to be given a crown. Right. If, you, if, you're, if you're treated, if you're glorified, if you're, if you're adopted into a, a kingdom, a royal kingdom, you're, you're given a crown, you're given jewels. And so David here is experiencing that. That's high privilege. And that's what David is experiencing. And he's thankful for that. In verse 5, he's satisfied in his life because of God. He's refreshed, just as an eagle flies flawlessly in the air, like this massive eagle that's, that's soaring, that's swift, and that's, that just sort of floats along, and then and its wings kind of flap, and you can often hear, well, if you've ever heard an eagle flap its wings, you can hear it, right? It's swift, and he's refreshed because God has worked in his life. That's why he's thankful. And so these, these verses here, these first five verses, represent this personal relationship he has with God. And they are worthy of David's praise. They are worthy of his praise to this personal God who's worked in his life. And I wonder, is this something that you've thought through for your life? Praising God like this for the things that he's done, for the ways that he's worked in your life, just as he's worked in David's life. But now David, he, he kind of moves from being a personal, kind of a personal reflection to now more historical, more kind of what he's done in the world. How has he worked in the world? This is where we come to in verses 6 to 10. David is now praising the works of God in the world, particularly how he treats sinners, people who reject God. And in this section, right, you could sum it up in verse 6. This, this is what this sums up in this verse. It says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. And from verse 7, David is throwing back again to the Exodus. That's in the Old Testament, right? What happened in the Exodus? Israel escaped from Egypt, from their enemies, from slavery to freedom. Is that right, guys? Yeah? Yep, everyone's nodding? Yep, cool. Okay, so they escaped from Egypt. God reveals his plans to Moses, what he's going to do, how he's going to do it, and then... He does these amazing um, works, amazing acts, miracles, wonders to show uh, his power to Israel, to show that he is the real deal. Who is he in his identity to his people? 
But even after these amazing things, and even after revealing his plans and all kind of stuff, somehow these people make a mistake rejecting God. It still happens. But in verse 8, you see here in verse 8, he's still compassionate and he's still gracious. And so David, he, rem- he remembers that. And, that, and he's remembered, he, sorry, he remembers that, that God is also compassionate and gracious to him because he also made mistakes. And so in verses 9 and 10, you see that there are four things here that God will not do to David. It says, he says, you will not always accuse him. He will not harbour his anger towards him forever. He will not treat uh, his sins as he deserves. He will not uh, repay him according to his iniquities, or his iniquities means evil things or evil actions that he's done. He's not going to do those things to David forever, never. That's pretty amazing, right? Picture this, right? Picture like kind of a high court situation. Um, you're in a court courtroom and there's you, you're, you're sort of viewing this as an audience member and there's a criminal that is standing before the court and he admits, they admit, he or she, doesn't mean he, they admit to doing their crime. They say, yeah, I've, I've done that, I'm guilty. That was really bad. I regret it. I'm really sorry. And whatever the punishment it is, I should deserve to get. Okay, let it happen. I deserve it. But the judge says, if this is how it works, sorry, lawyers, if I'm sort of defacing the the legal system, right? The judge says, okay, because you've admitted it, you've you've regretted it, you've you've made a mistake, you admit it, you regret it, and you're sorry. Well, you're no longer guilty of that crime. You're not considered a guilty person. We're not angry with you. You know what? You're free to go. You deserve it. You deserve a lifetime of punishment. You would would deserve that. But we're going to let you have your freedom. We're going to let you walk out today and enjoy life. That's how compassionate and gracious he is that God is towards his people, towards David, that they turn to God in humility. This is how compassionate and gracious God is to us when we turn to him in humility. Even when we turned our back to God and said, no thanks God, the God of the universe, we don't want that. But if we turn to him, he won't hold it against us if we turn to him and ask for forgiveness. If you don't believe that's true, this happens time and time again in the Bible. You just got to read it, right? But it's true; it happens. You just got to read it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It happens time and time again in the Bible. And uh, if God's works in the world aren't convincing enough to give you the thanks and praise that He deserves from you, well, the following section, which is the next section in our psalm, is David praising God for the, the greatness and depth of his love to his people. Have a look at verses 11 and 18, right? This is the next section here of this psalm. You see, David reflects on the infinite greatness of God's love towards a people who are so finite and fragile. Everyone knows what this is, right? It's infinity, right? Okay, in verses 11 and 12, right? 
God's love, it's impossible to measure. How do you measure infinity? How do you measure that? How do you measure the, the distance between east and west? How do you measure the distance between heaven and earth? How do you do that? What number do you put on that? Because that's God's love. It's massive. It's the amount of effort God has done to crown people with love and compassion to those who fear him. It's the personal, protective, sacrificial love that a good father should have with their children, as it says here in verse 12. Because God knows who people are. God knows what people are like. So I want to jump to your um, table groups. Jump on the table, you haven't got a table. And just have a look at, in verses 14 and 16, have a look at what we learn about who people are. Okay, you're going to get a bit of insight to how people, who people are, the identity of what people are like or who people are. So have a chat in your group, verses 14 and 16. It's, it's poetry. You've got three verses to look at. And just have a look at what, what does it tell you about people? Okay? Jump into groups. Maybe this, this group's a bit large. Maybe you break off or whatever if you want to split into two or three. It's pretty big. Jump over here. There's, there's more tables around. Jump over. Okay, I'll give you like... Thanks. Good on. I'll give you like three minutes. Go. All right. Let's let's start with this table group. What do you, what do you learn about people in this group? In this uh, in this group? In these verses in fourteen to sixteen? Shout saying shout. You guys are quick. So come on, guys. You gotta. Yeah, our life is short. Okay. What what gives you that impression? What what verse or what image? To, to God, we're just like dust that blows in the wind. It's just like instant. Okay. Yeah. The... So our life is short compared to how long He lives. Okay. Okay. So finite. Short life thing. Yep. Yep. That's people. Yep. Thanks, Stephen. This group. This group and that group. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you said that um, um, life is too short. That was a reference to um, the wind blowing. Yeah, the wind blowing. Yeah. Yep. And its place remembers it no more. Yeah. Yep. That's the same as that, yeah. that group. Yeah, it's cool. Is that the same as you guys got? Anything else? Um, we are actually formed. Yes. What's that mean? We're actually, we are physically created by something else. Yeah. Um, and we have humble beginnings from dust, based on unappealing product. Um, yeah. Formed from there, An allergen. Yeah, thanks. But they do, <laughs> yeah, but they do say that we flourish like fields of the flower. So even though we have humble beginnings, we can actually become something but it's still fleeting. Yeah, cool. Thanks, that's what people are like. So, formed out of the dust, like, pretty menial, like, dirty kind of stuff, but we can, we can be like a flower that's flourishing. Yeah. Okay. Anything different there, ladies? Or anything else? No, sorry, the wind kind of got me. Because I thought it was, oh. it meant the wind, like. What, like, what kind of wind? <laughs> oh, right, that kind of wind. Right, that's bad wind. We'll talk about that in a sec. Um, late lady, that's fine. You can have a joke, it's a Bible. It's alright. Yeah, go. Have you anything else? Um, we still have like a similar thing. Like, yep, you know, guys, just listening in. Yep. We come from dust and like life is short. But yeah. in verse 14, he knows how we are formed. So even though 
yes. time and get yeah. close. And, and everything still knows us. Yeah, yeah, you know, very intimately. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important, isn't it, that we are formed, we are being created out of the dust. Um, like the grass, it talks about here, the, the grass, that uh, life more is like grass, uh, mortal being temporary, being finite. Um, you know, grass grows and it dies. That's pretty sad, isn't it? But that's, that's the life cycle of, of, of who we are. Our days are numbered. That's maybe another way you could sort of say it. Um, flowers, they look beautiful one minute or one day, and the next day they, they're not so beautiful, aren't they? They're very old and ugly, right? Um, and then in the, the wind thing, like that's, that's pretty weird, that's pretty poetic, isn't it? Um, that like, like wind being, the wind blowing in being a new generation of people, right? So you ever think about like, okay, who was like the first Prime Minister? Emma Barton. Who's the second Prime Minister? Who's the third? <laughs> no one really remembers, like after the first two. That's pretty sad, isn't it? I don't even know. They changed like every Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, remember who was the last Prime Minister? I don't know. Like, no, I do know. Yeah. Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's, it's, it's not memorable, isn't it? The first, one generation will do their thing and have their achievements, but the next generation comes in and the previous generation is kind of forgotten. Like that. Like the wind blowing, right? And who's going to remember that? And so, God, He kind of understands that. He knows the transience of people, the finer, the frailty, the fragility of people. Of humanity, but it's in God's infinite love that drives him, right, to do this, to fix this this broken relationship between people who are seeking him and himself. And so it seems that in this psalm, David, he's extremely thankful, right? It seems like, as he's saying, praise the Lord, he said it already six times, Um, he's extremely thankful to God for the depth of his love. But, you know, I wonder if he were to experience and see the time when Jesus would arrive, seeing what he did, Jesus Christ, what he did, did took to the next level of dying for us, would this psalm be written the same way, do you reckon? You know, we've seen God's great act of love on the cross in Jesus. He would sacrifice his only son, his only son, right, for frail, fragile people like you and me. For people who are far, so far down the pit, the pit of darkness, that there's no hope for them to get out other than to be rescued by a gracious and compassionate God. That's the only way. And so, friends, is this something that is worthy of your praise of God? Is it praiseworthy in your life? God's love was certainly praiseworthy for David to this level that we read about him. But he didn't even know Jesus. He didn't even get to meet him, right? He didn't even get to understand all that stuff about what Jesus did. But the praising of God, it reaches a climax. Okay? There, there is a high point in the, in, the, in the psalm, and it's the end, right? This is the climax. You know, songs, there's usually a climax in the song. This is it. Verses 19 to the end, 22. And it's, and it's the climax of the final scene where we see the eternal praise of God under God's reign, in his throne room or in his, like, kind of his kingdom. Okay, if God, he's proven his love in the world when working our lives and doing amazing things, then it should prove to you that he's in control in, the last, in, this, in this last scene here. 
Now, God is a God. He can do amazing things. He does heaps of amazing things that no one else can do. And he has a rule that he's on earth, but it's also in heaven. And so in verse 18 here, you can see here that um, it's, it's, a, it's a throne room scene uh, that where we see these, these angelic heavenly subjects, right, that, that praise his name, that praise him. You know, the, the angels that obey him, the heavenly hosts that serve him, um, the mighty ones who also obey him and do his bidding. Verse 22, right? It anticipates where everyone who has turned to God will praise him because he is so unbelievably great. That's why they're doing it. Yeah, that's right. Ta-da. Okay? So what's, what's holding us back now from giving thanks to God? For giving him praise. If we are seeing this scene here. What's holding you back from giving thanks to God in your life? If this is the climax. Because from this psalm here, there is so much to be thankful for God. And for what he's done in our lives. As opposed to just having a positive outlook. Or or having positive living and thankfulness living kind of thing, right? We've seen here, David praises God for his work in the world. For his own, in his own life as well, but also for the depths and greatness of God's love. And we know that the, the greatest act of love was when he sacrificed his only son, Jesus, right? And that puts him as the ultimate ruler of our world, the ultimate ruler of earth and heaven. And so, friends, a psalm like this shouldn't just make you think, oh, let's be thankful, let's just be thankful for the things we have. But actually, we want to be more than that. We want actually want to be living in thankfulness. So we shouldn't just be thankful, but we need to live it out. So I've got this little thing here, this little exercise I want to do at the end. And I'll pass this around. It's called, it's a bit of a, um, like a, a survey or something. Survey, question thing, I don't know. Just to talk, to, go, like do it with um, threes or a partner. And uh, it's like, it's, it's kind of just to figure out how thankful are you in life? How thankful are you in life? So I want you to kind of talk about it. Pick a couple of questions. One out of one. Have a read through it. And, um, so have, have a read through it and, and maybe um, talk about to the person next to you about these questions. About how thankful are you for life? That's what I want to do right now. So I can give you like a good four minutes to do that with the person next to you. Or in your little table groups. How thankful are you in life? Okay, let's, let's bring it together. How's that? Is that exercise kind of cool? Not cool? Is that helpful? You, you can, you can. I, it's, it's pretty hard to, to go through it and go, yeah, I, I, I like to think that I'm a thankful person, or people think I'm thankful. Yeah? What, does anyone want to share anything that they've learned about themselves, or I don't know? I don't know. Yeah? Anyone? No? Everyone's afraid to? <laughs> it's okay. You want to share anything? It's easier to focus on the things that we wish were different yes. than it is to be thankful for the things that we have. Yep. We're quick to go to the hard things first. Yeah. Yep. And we like to think more, more positive about ourselves, obviously, mm-hmm. that we're not complaining, but maybe in actuality that we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, which says a bit about our heart, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Thanks for that. Yeah, any, anyone else or anything else they want to share? I found the, the, the middle, the, kind of the middle ones where how often do you fill the blank with grumbling? How often do you fill the blank with gratitude? Who, who had a go at that one? Who had a, had a chat about that? Like, do people, are people more likely to fill the grumbling one or the grati gratitude one? The grumbling one. The grumbling one? I, I'm, I'm probably more critical. Yeah, that's me. Is anyone else like Joy, you like that? You're a grumbler? Yeah, that's, that's cool. What's, that's cool that you're the like that. Yeah, in reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think we're just critical thinkers, aren't we? But it can, we can go and think that to, to the extreme, can't we? Yeah, yeah. Anyone else want to share anything else? Blessings every day. Like oh, I'm thankful for this, 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 and this today. You do that today. That's really good. Like, does that help you be anchor in your day? Yeah. Well, it's funny because like I recently identified that I'm a very grumpy person. Okay. Which is shocking to not many people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, yeah, I bought a like a gratitude journal. Um, which is really helpful. Yeah. Awesome. My, my wife says the same thing to me too. Yeah. Like, are you grateful for anything today? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, well, you better be today. Come on. Anything you want to comment on? You're all like really thankful people. Is that how it is? Easy to please? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Daniel's here with his <laughs> Yep. Okay. Like, feel free to chat about that over dinner. We're going to have to set up one of these videos. Yeah. So keep, keep chatting about that. Um, I think um, I wanted to also just follow up. Follow up. Is there anything else to come up? You've got more announcements after this? Oh, sorry. Can I talk just that last one a little bit? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Just one last little thing, and it's, uh, it's about, again, it's about thankfulness. And I think for Christian people, when they, when you pray to God about being thankful, um, and particularly in light of this psalm, um, there are things that we can be, as Christians, we can be too thankful for. Can you believe that? What, what do you think? What, what can we too, be too thankful for? Here we go. I've I got five here, right, five things, and feel free to push back on them. Okay, first one, we can be too thankful for control. Right? Like, oh, yeah, things went my way. Oh, yeah, I pray about this. Oh, it went my way. Oh, thanks, God. That's number one. Number two, success. Oh, God, thanks so much that this happened. I got through my exam. That was great. Thank you. Number three, um, acceptance. 
oh God, thanks so much that I was able to make some new friends today or make some friends today and these guys really like me and I really like them. Thanks. We can be too thankful for that. Number four, um, comfort and pleasure. Thanks God that I got a new iPhone today or thanks God that I had a really good time on the weekend with my friends. Number five, material. So thanks God, yeah, again, the iPhone thing or thanks God I get to go on a holiday or something like that. So we can be too thankful for those things. My comment is too thankful for those things and not thankful enough just to God himself. That's the distinction I wanted to make today. Because in this psalm, God's thankful to God. Sorry, David's thankful to God. God's thankful to God, obviously. David is thankful to God for, for who he is. More than anything else. Not if you got a new chariot or <laughs> if you made more money in, in the last financial year or whatever. He's thankful to God for who he is. And I wonder if you and I, are we the same? Right? Are we the same? That's, that's why I want to know. Because we want to live, obviously, in thank, being thankful... But we also live, want to live out that thankfulness to others and sharing why we are thankful to God himself for what, who he is and what he's done. Yeah. So can we just take a moment just to pray in your little groups or in, in your pairs or whatever, just thanking God yeah, and thanking each other and thanking the things we've learned today. I'll give you a minute and then we'll just pray and then Beck will come up. Thanks.